Did you know that more than two people join LinkedIn every second? Yes, every second. And it's used by more than 58 million companies and four out of five people on LinkedIn drive business decisions, which is why it is the best social platform for lead generation. So if you're spending your time hoping to go viral on Instagram or TikTok, what you really should be doing is doubling down on LinkedIn. Welcome to episode 131 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking, relationship building, and business development. I'm your host, Julie Brown, professional speaker, author, and networking coach. And today I am joined by Lindsay McMillian Steeman, also known as LinkedIn Lindsay, to discuss how you can start crushing it on LinkedIn. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. When I was a kid, I was a big Sound of Music fan. I think part of it was that the star was Julie Andrews, and obviously we shared the first name. And the other was that I thought Christopher Plummer was pretty easy on the eyes, if you know what I mean. Anyway, one of the famous songs in the movie is the Do Re Mi song, where Julie Andrews' character is trying to teach the Von Trapp kids how to sing. One of the kids asks her, like, well, how do you start singing? And, and Julie breaks into song, and the song starts with the line... Well, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. So cue the segue here. If we're going to tap into the awesome power of LinkedIn, we need to start at the very beginning. We need to start by setting ourselves up for success. We need to start with rocking our LinkedIn profile, and then it all stems from there, which is why I have asked Lindsay to join us today. Lindsay is a LinkedIn credibility consultant, international speaker, and trainer to top producers, empowering them to take charge of their online reputation to increase their revenue. And today she is here to tell us how we can start doing that by rocking our LinkedIn profile. And because it's a networking podcast, she's probably going to share some of her own networking stories with us. Lindsay, my fellow bourbon drinking badass, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, Julie. So happy to be here with you and your raving fans. Yes. And I think girls who drink bourbon are just, we're just a different breed, man. True. True We're just a different breed. All right. If we're going to start at the very beginning, I'm going to ask why you picked LinkedIn as your platform of choice, why you became a LinkedIn credibility coach when I'm assuming you could have done a lot of other things with your talents. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think the funny thing is I I've always said, oh, well, LinkedIn is the business tool. Like it's the business tool of choice. But then I did some fact checking and I've always known that LinkedIn is older than Facebook. So that's one little factoid. Mm -hmm. But the other piece is that Twitter was hardly on the market yet and Instagram didn't even exist. So I didn't really have a lot of choices. Let's just put that out there in full transparency. But also I realized being this young, bright-eyed green salesperson that if I was going to hit my numbers, there were only so many hours in the day. There were only so many phone calls I could have. There were only so many doors and offices I could go visit. And so what a cool way to take these offline relationships and develop them online in an exponential way. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming very much like me at the beginning, like LinkedIn has just evolved so much over the course of its, you know, how long it's been available to us as a business tool. I used to think of it was like, you just kind of 
again, going back to before I was a networking coach and it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to link in with people. So people will see, I know people like that's kind of how it was used. I didn't see it as a place to disseminate information and expertise or to create a brand. And I'm sure we're going to get into in all of that, but it's so different than it was when I entered the workforce in 1998. Yeah. Well, and even then people thought for, I don't know, the better part of first 10 years of LinkedIn that you were only on LinkedIn if you were looking for a job. Yeah. Employers and professionals by and large thought that it was a place to put your resume Uh via your LinkedIn profile and hunt for a new gig. And while some of that is true, there were also other things happening. And if you, you know, weren't looking for a job and you were in a sales role or even a recruiting role, which I think came a little later Mm -hmm. using that as a tool, but anyways... I love how the platform and how the corporation, now they've been acquired by Microsoft. Yeah. They're really here to stick. They're here to stay. And so what I always tell people is like, you're either in the boat or you're not, right? I'm never going to convince you that LinkedIn is a powerful tool. If you don't believe that, you're not on the boat. And that's fine. Like have fun rowing in the other direction and, and not staying relevant, right? But if you believe that it's a powerful tool and you just have the desire to get better, your potential is limitless. Yeah. And even at... I'd say like the first nine months of the pandemic, I read a study that engagement on LinkedIn was up 55%. And that never went back down. Like even though we went back to, well, most of us went back to the offices and were working amongst people, the interactions on LinkedIn are still just increasing and getting and larger and larger and larger. And people are using it for a lot of more myriad of ways. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the pandemic was good for LinkedIn? It might have been my best year ever, <laughs> right? Right. Can I say no, that out go loud? Ahead and say uh, it. You know, it, it, it really, you know, finally, anyone who maybe wasn't a believer who had been sitting on their asses not doing anything about how they looked on the platform or mm-hmm. uh, you know using it, finally were like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck at home. I can't interact with people face to face. Well, there's this thing called LinkedIn. Let me just see how I can foster those relationships. So yep. the platform absolutely has evolved. Um, I'm not surprised to hear that engagement has remained up. And we've really seen this, I don't even want to call it a, a shift, but more of a balance in the type of content that's going on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. whether it's what people are posting. You know, and I'll admit that up until the pandemic, you know, it really was all professional only. That was mm-hmm. really what the platform was used for because, you know, you also, as a trainer, as somebody who's a professed expert in this space, you always want to walk that line of yep. not encouraging people to step over the line and treat it like Instagram and Facebook and kind of the uber personal tools. Mm-hmm. However, since the pandemic, people want to know that the people on LinkedIn are human. And so my advice now is when you post that personal post, I do encourage a professional undertone. Yeah. You know, because uh, so for example, last year I picked up fly fishing as a new hobby. I'm head over heels. We've fallen madly in love with each other. And my team was like, you know, you should, you should like put that on LinkedIn. We've put it on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. They were like, but Lindsay, Like think about all the other content. So they were teaching me in that moment and even encouraging me to get out of my own kind of more formal shell of LinkedIn. And it got tremendous engagement because I also brought in the undertone of asking my network, hey, what do you do to disconnect? What do you do to dis you know to to recharge? Exactly. Yeah. And for the listeners, I 
as a professional speaker, get a lot of work on LinkedIn. I get a lot of exposure to people I otherwise would not have exposure to because people share my posts or share my videos and reference me in their posts when they say I saw Julie Brown speak or whatever. I have gotten speaking engagements from people I have, I have no idea who they are. And they said, oh, I found you on LinkedIn. I follow you on LinkedIn. They're not connected with me. Because now we've set the stage for how important this is. Let's talk about, okay, you say there are three major steps to developing your LinkedIn profile. Those three steps would be prepare, build, and launch. And you say that to set up a profile in the right way, in the correct way, it should take at least eight hours to set up your profile. Now, some people are like, I don't know. What? Yeah, you you okay. crazy. Yeah, like well, <laughs> come again. Your mind. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about why it might take eight hours. Let's let's break down those three steps, starting with prepare. So how, what do you mean by prepare to get ready to do your profile? Yeah. Well, first, before I just share my opinion and experience, I think it's important for everyone to know that LinkedIn says, because they're tracking analytical statistic mm-hmm. machines, that you're 40 times more likely to receive a response from somebody on LinkedIn when your profile is complete. Ah. So if you are sending invitations, if you're sending direct messages, right, you're engaging, you're posting content, you're engaging with other people's content, you're 40 times more likely to get that inquiry, get that response Mm -hmm. when you've devoted the time to your profile. okay? Okay. So that's just important because a lot of people don't realize that your profile is publicly visible. Even it's happening less and less over the last several years, but every once in a while, someone will say, well, Lindsay, my market's not on LinkedIn, right? They're they're pre-retirees and or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Well, guess what? They don't have to be on LinkedIn to see your profile. It's literally a website that is publicly visible. Yes. Okay. If someone Googles your name and you don't have your own website, the first thing that comes up is your LinkedIn profile. 100%, yes. Absolutely. LinkedIn and Google love each other. So just like Google's built off of keywords, so is LinkedIn. Okay. So prepare. Preparing to build and launch your profile is the first step because we have to step back and think about what our plan is. So I love processes. I love plans. And in order to execute my plan, I've got to know where I'm going and what I'm working with. So when we think about preparing to build and launch our profile, we're thinking, what are the digital assets that I have that um, could potentially go on LinkedIn? Like my updated headshot that I've got Mm -hmm. taken in the last 12 months, like a custom background image, right? Like um, a video that I was featured in, like a podcast with Julie Brown that I can Mm -hmm. showcase on my, right? What are those things? Maybe my resume, an old bio. I mean, it's all the things that you've collected over the years in your professional life. Those are the things you're curating in the preparation stage. Okay. So that's what you call gathering your digital assets, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And I want to just go back to the headshot thing because, ladies and gentlemen, your headshot cannot be more than 12 months old. I cannot tell you how many people when they meet me say, oh my God, you look just like your headshot. And I'm like, yeah, duh. Because I have headshots done, (laughs) taken, I have them taken every six months. I hate when I see somebody's profile on LinkedIn and then we get on a Zoom meeting and I'm like, what the? You don't look anything like your profile picture. The worst. I know. So I actually did this thing, Julie, where um, you and I are professional speakers and 
our audiences like to get a little peek behind the curtain into mm-hmm. who we really are, right? Outside of our expertise. And so I went back through the archives and I pulled a headshot, my LinkedIn profile picture from the past eight years because I was, I didn't even actually realize I was doing it, but I was changing my profile picture every year, which was great because mm-hmm. when I looked back at those eight years, oh my gosh, I look different every year. Every- Whether I like to admit oh it or God. not, it's I, just a fact. <laughs> I have been brunette. I have bangs. I've had long hair. I've had super short hair. Like, And you can see it on my YouTube channel because I had one client was like, we went through your YouTube channel. Man, you change your hair a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I do change my hair a lot and I still changed, right? Yep. So people see that and they're like, oh, oh crap. Like, I, so then the question is, when's the last time you updated head, your headshot? And yes. it's like, oh, three years. It's like, okay, yes. well, the great thing, the beauty is that we live in this digital age with these yep. amazing things called smartphones. Yep. And I'm a huge advocate for professional photography. Yes. So please like, Hear me out if you've got the budget to do that. And many photographers will do headshots that don't break the bank. So go there yeah. first. Yeah. But when all else fails, if you can't get in for that professional headshot, have a spouse, a partner, a friend, a colleague take a nice headshot, shoulders up, smiling, look approachable, nothing distracting. Clean background. Clean background. Yes. Use yes, portrait right? mode. Yes. Show yeah. up the way that you would show up in meetings. So um, many of the clients I work with are business owners, they're financial advisors running their own practices. And for the men, they're in this suit and tie. And I'm like, hey, Joe, do you show up to all of your meetings in a suit yeah. and tie? He's like, no, like I'm just in a nice collared shirt. I'm like, well, show up in a nice collared shirt for that headshot, right? Yeah. Yep. So anyways, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I haven't worn a suit in my headshot in over 10 years. Same. Because I don't, that's not what I show up to on stage. It's not what I show up to my meetings. So yeah. Okay. So make sure your headshot looks like you. Okay. So moving on to build. Yes. Build's got a lot of pieces to it. You've got your about section, you've got building your background image, you know, choosing your headshot, what things you're going to feature on there. And this thing you're calling rich media, which I want to understand what that is. So tell me about the building part. And how do you do it? Is it all these different documents? Like, are you using one document? Like, how are you? Because you want to build offline before you put it online, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no draft version of our LinkedIn profile. Once we post it, it's live. Yeah. So to me, it's a little kind of sucky that LinkedIn doesn't give us a preview mode before we turn on that live button. But, you know, we got to work with what we've got. And what we've got is an opportunity to prepare everything, build it and launch it right before it goes live. So One thing I don't want to forget to mention, Julie, before we go on to build is that in that prepare stage, Mm -hmm. you've got to assess your current LinkedIn profile. Uh You've got to go to your actual current LinkedIn profile and just get an audit of what's on there today. You might be surprised when you see that, oh my gosh, my current role is outdated or the dates are wrong or, oh my gosh, I don't have anything in my background experience or, oh my gosh, I've been on this board for two years in my community and I don't have that showcase, right? So oh my God. understanding I where you're at yes. today. Yes. I forget. You got to think how many things you do in your career and you forget. I totally forgot to put that I was a lecturer at the local colleges and universities here for two years before I put it on my, I mean. Exactly my point. Yeah. Like that's like a huge thing is to yeah. say that the colleges and universities trust you to come in to teach the students as a guest. Absolutely. Right. And so even as we get through these three steps of prepare, build and launch, 
It's still a best practice at minimum twice a year. So biannually, put it in your calendar, recurring January, yeah. July, July, December, whatever you know floats your boat. Put a reminder in your calendar to just do a personal audit of your profile because the yeah. other piece, in addition to your experience changing and evolving, is that LinkedIn might have changed as well. Yes. Most likely probably did change and added yep. a new feature or took something away or, and please go through all of your links. So again, I'm an expert, but I'm also a human. I did my audit uh, last year and I noticed a few of my links in my publication section weren't active anymore. Cause uh-huh. I guess the publication archived the article and mm-hmm. it didn't live online anymore. Fine. But you know what? I've got to update that on my profile yeah. because I look like an idiot when there's a broken link. Okay build. <laughs> yeah. Don't, just don't want to forget that important piece. So build. So you're absolutely right. The build section can feel kind of intimidating. And especially mm-hmm. like you opened up with eight hours. It's like, I don't even have an hour to do something yeah. with. So if you're going to go alone and go it alone with this process is chip away at this. You know, maybe it's blocking off an hour each week to pick a section that you're going to mm-hmm. commit to and make an, make a refresh to. And so, yeah, the whole profile has over two dozen sections, mm-hmm. which is a lot, right? Yeah. So there's places to have more of a narrative. I'm a big believer in writing in first person on LinkedIn. People want to hear your yeah. voice when they're reading about you. Um, yep. I love this story from one of my clients. He hired me to overhaul his profile. We've got this five-step trademark process and I actually didn't even train him. All all I did was, and I don't want to say all I did because it tremendously impacted his business with this awesome story, but he went through the profile transformer, okay? Which maybe we'll talk about later. And he calls me and he goes, hey, I've got some really exciting news. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He goes, I just landed a few weeks ago, this awesome client who I've been chasing for the last six months. I'm like, congratulations. That's amazing. Like, I love it when my clients are winning. But in my head, Julie, I'm thinking, why the heck is he calling me? Like, Mm. what does this have to do with me? And he goes, and so she and I have become friends. She's this high-powered C-suite executive. We've become friends. And I asked her like, hey, why'd you, why'd you choose us? Mm-hmm. Why my firm? And he was like, because I got to imagine, right? Successful, powerful executive. You've got financial advisors just pining after you. And she goes, oh, you better believe it. However, I do my homework for the people who look reasonably intelligent. And when I did my homework online, you were the same person who I met in real life. Mm. And then she stopped talking and he goes, well, I'm sorry, back up. What do you mean online? Online. <laughs> and she says, well, your LinkedIn profile, like mm-hmm. kind of flippantly, like, yeah. duh, I duh. went to your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> and he goes, are you, okay? oh, that's awesome. Great. He was like, so I'm calling to thank you. Mm-hmm. Calling to thank you because she could very well be, you know, the case in the client that, you know, helps me have my best year ever this year. Yeah. Just from making sure that he looked like the person online who he actually is offline. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So a couple of other things that I just want to touch on. Uh, We talked about the headshot, but let me just give you another statistic. So LinkedIn says that with an updated headshot, and there's another piece to the headshot that we can't neglect to mention, you have up to a 21 times more profile views up to 21 times more profile views when you just simply have a profile picture. Yep. Here's the second part. That is publicly visible. Yeah. Yes. Publicly visible. Every time you update that headshot every 12 months, please do not forget to check the settings and make sure that it's publicly visible to everybody. I was training a team last week and 
I have, whenever I do virtual trainings, I put my, my client in the driver's seat and this client said, kind of scanned over this, you know, potential prospect. And I said, Hey, why, why just skip over this person? Oh, well, he, she doesn't have a, a profile picture. I said, hold up. They actually might, yeah, but it's public. just not publicly visible. So if you are in sales, if you're a recruiter, if you're a leader and you're building your team, whatever the case may be, and you're looking at people on LinkedIn and they don't have a profile picture, number one, they might actually have one. They just are yeah. unintentionally hiding it. And two, guess what everyone else is doing? They're skipping right over that profile. Yeah. So don't be that person. Yeah. Be different. Yeah. Flip it on its script, right? And reach yeah. and check that person out and see if they're worth reaching out to. Yeah. I want to ask you because part of the build is writing your bio and writing your headline. And I want to ask, people have a hard time. Okay. It's easy to put director of marketing for such and such a company, which is like the most boring headline ever. (laughs) Yeah. So like, how do you work with people to really tease out of them? Like, let's come up with a headline that actually speaks to what you do on a daily basis, because that's super important. That's the first thing they see. They see their, your banner, your headshot and your headline. Yeah. Well, and that's, they see all of that only if they get to your profile. Yeah. Right. So they could know your name, search your name. And then I find this really annoying, but right now, instead of Julie, if I search your name on LinkedIn, and I click it, it doesn't take me right to your profile anymore. Yeah, it, it takes you to pull, all the Julie Browns. And, yeah, and pulls you up in a search result and then I have to click through. Yep. But my point is like part of that headline, so in that search view, all we'll see is actually that picture, that name, part of the headline mm-hmm. um, that could pique somebody's curiosity yeah. and then like where they work in their location. Then we want to have them click in and see the rest. So this headline, a couple of questions to just tease out are, you know, who do you serve? Do you have a mantra or a motto? When I say, who do you serve? It could be people. It could be sectors or industries. Industries. Yep. It could be industries. It could be, and I'm not opposed to putting your title. Uh, Let me just be clear. Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to leading with title or ending with title or describing your title, but you don't need to put your company name. That's already going to be quickly visible. So that's, that gives you a little bit more real estate to play with. And there's just so much potential to put personality Mm-hmm. Give people a little bit and have fun with it. I mean, the headline's not meant to be static. So give something a whirl for three months. And yep. if you get tired of it, try something else. It's not yep. meant to be set in stone. For my headline, there's part of it that remains the same all the time, which is keynote speaker, networking expert, author, podcast host. But towards the end of it, which are the things that are like, not what I do for business, but are who are me, like I switch it up. So for a long time, I had reggae music lover on it, which I, cause I love reggae, but uh, you know what? It's not the only music I listen to. So now that section of the headline, it says nineties hip hop is the best hip hop. Cause I also I believe that <laughs> And you wouldn't believe just people get down to that nineties hip hop is the best hip hop and they have opinions and people send me messages like, are like, well, who's your favorite nineties hip hop artist? Like well, people I don't even know, which I think is so yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I would ask that the listeners try to do something fun like that. And again, if it, you know, change it up every quarter. So 
Yeah. And I think it goes back to the point we we're chatting about earlier regarding content that we're posting. Mm-hmm. It goes the same rule of thumb in your profile as well, right? It's okay mm-hmm. to also be a human yes. <laughs> and have opinions and personalities and likes and hobbies outside of your nine to five, yeah, proverbial nine to five. Is there a sweet spot lengthwise for a bio? There's a couple places. To me, the whole thing's a bio. Yeah. So, you know, let me be contrary, right? But there's an about section. There's your current role description. The LinkedIn gives us 2,600 characters, including spaces in that summary or bio, excuse mm-hmm. me, about section. Mm-hmm. I think it's really just personal preference, Julie. I mean, some people like to make it more bullet point. But to me, again, it's about hearing your voice. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things I love to recommend if you're not engaging you know, with an expert to help you with this is having a, a colleague right, or a trusted advisor or mentor read what you're writing up because chances are you're forgetting something yeah. about your credibility, your expertise, what you bring to the table, yep. um, your accomplishments that that those people who you respect find valuable that they think others would find valuable as well. So to me, it's not necessarily about the length. It's mm-hmm. more about, is this telling the full story and giving people a sense of who I am, what I do, who I'm serving, why I'm serving them? Right. So the last part, we've done all of our work. The last part is launch. Does that mean just press go? Like, what is launch? There's also in what I say in LinkedIn, I call it like checking your oil change every quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we're probably finally picking our driving back up. So during the pandemic, I was like, okay, we're probably getting your oil changed like once or twice a year. But I would say mm-hmm. two to four times a year, go into settings and privacy, mm-hmm. take 15 minutes and do a peek under the hood to see what settings LinkedIn has um, changed or mm-hmm. evolved or added. And that's also where you can manage some settings to make sure that when you go to launch your profile, and you just have to choose, do you want to blast your network with all those updates? Or do you want to make it a little bit quieter of, of an oh. announcement or quieter. So um, so that's one thing to consider is okay. deciding whether or not you kind of want that switch turned on or, on or off. And then, yeah, that's why I love using. So we've got a master profile template and it's literally a Word document, but it has all of our content in there so mm-hmm. that when we go to launch, we are actually simply copying and copying pasting, and right? And yep. so the one thing that terrifies me is you can update your profile on the mobile app. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Julie, but I have fat fingered a lot of yeah, text yeah, messages and autocorrect has yeah. like kicked me in the butt. So um, please don't update your profile on the mobile app. Wait yeah. till you get on your desktop where you've got a, a Word document opened or whatever you would use and copy and paste it in. Yeah. And then again, scan through it, have a buddy scan through it, make yeah. sure you're not missing anything. It never hurts to have another set of eyes because yeah. there's a lot to that LinkedIn profile. So if somebody's listening to you and is like, shit, yeah, so I got to update my LinkedIn profile and start using the tool as a piece of my business strategy, I don't have eight hours. Is this a service you offer? I heard you mentioned some profile transformer. Like, is this Mm -hmm. a service you offer where you take over the heavy work for someone on something like this? Yes. And it's one of our favorite engagements with clients because we know how amazing that transformation is going to be. So the profile transformers, that five-step trademark process where step one, we literally put a interview in our calendars, right? A phone Mm -hmm. interview. Step two, we have that conversation. And that conversation is so paramount to the end result because again, 
I want to hear how you communicate what you do and what you believe. I don't want to assume, nor am I going to ask you to fill out a form because again, it's, it's just so uh, we want it to be a living and breathing version, digital Mm -hmm. version of you. We step three, write and design the entire profile. So all the visual elements, uh, everything that you like share. Like the graphics, like you would make the, the background. Yeah, image. yeah. Okay. All, all the things. Okay. Um, step four. So I'll come back full circle of the, the time yeah. investment. Step four, you come back in, review it, bless it, give me feedback. Ultimately, green light. Step five is that second part of our heavy lifting. And we go in, shut down those appropriate settings, and then we launch the profile. And then clients okay. love when we send them an email and we say, Julie, your profile is launched. Here's your before snapshot, which if you're a good candidate for the profile transformer was mediocre, right? Yeah. And not a good reflection of right. who you are and what you bring to the table. And then this after snapshot, and you're like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, you made me look amazing. I'm like, Julie, you were already amazing. I just yeah. brought it to life, right? Yeah. And so what would have been eight to 10 hours on your own, we dwindle down to an hour on the phone with me and 20 mm-hmm. minutes reviewing that right up. So pretty significant reduction of, of time because it's the the done for you approach. Tell me your website again. I mean, we'll put it in the show notes. Is this how people can book a call with you to see if you're the right fit for them to do this launch, this transformer? Yeah, absolutely. So mcmillionconsulting.com. Yes, it's literally MC million, like a million dollars. Yes, McMillian. That's my maiden name, mcmillionconsulting.com. And then our services page, there's actually a whole page dedicated to the profile transformer that gives you the details that I just shared and then some and pricing and everything. And yeah, reach out to us. We'll get the interview booked and get started. I want to ask you, do you have a favorite networking story? And it doesn't have to be on LinkedIn, but if it's on LinkedIn, great. If it's in person, great. You know, just do you have a favorite networking story? Or or also, did you always like, do you believe in networking? Have you always believed in networking? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So I did not even know what networking was when I was in college. Yeah, I, no one does. They don't teach it. Yeah, they I'm they so glad it. I teach it in colleges now. Yes, except that I did have the fortune of hearing about a network, a business networking event. And mm-hmm. I don't, Julie, I was, I don't know, maybe junior. I, I don't yeah. know how old I was, but I was in college. And I was like, business networking. I don't know. I know what business is. I don't know what networking is. Hopefully it has nothing to do with computers because ironically, <laughs> I'm actually not tech savvy, believe it or not, um, even though LinkedIn's my jam. Can I tell you just as a quick, when people ask me what my expertise is, oh, you're a professional speaker. What's your expertise? I always go networking, people, not computers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> Ugh, computers, not, like leave it to somebody else. So um, I go to this event. I have literally no idea what to expect, except that it was free and they said they were giving us food. Yep. And when you're a poor, poor college student, like you oh, show yeah. up for those events, right? Yep. So I show up and it's supposed to start at, let's say 6 p.m. And I'm like, okay, it's 6.05, it's 6.06. Like I got a party mm-hmm. to go to, like what's going on here? And I'm looking around and I've got like, uh, you know, other students, I don't know anybody else in the room. And I see this person who seems to be older than me kind of standing in the corner. And I just go over to him and I'm like, I stick out my hand. I'm like, hey, I'm Lindsay. I I was just wondering if you know anything about like when this is supposed to start. He shakes his hand back and in his hand, Julie, was a $20 bill. And he was actually the speaker for the event. And that lesson left such a profound 
mark on my life, truly, because number one. About the $20 bill. Okay. So because, right? So here's where the $20 bill comes in. He was the speaker. He was rewarding me for acknowledging the most awkward, standoffish person in the whole room to that was really his his tripwire to start the event to say, hey, Uh when you go to a networking event, when you are at a career fair, when you are at a big company taking your first job, sometimes the most important person in the room is the one who's the most uncomfortable standing in the corner, Mm -hmm. who could be the most important person in the room to you or right to the event. So Mm -hmm. it was just amazing and, and really gave me the confidence that when I go to these networking events in person, that everyone's feels sometimes a little Mm -hmm. awkward and uncomfortable. And we're, if we're all there to just meet each other and get better, then I don't mind being the one to, to break the ice um, because that person could be a new relationship and friendship that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. So, okay. And you're like, and I got 20 bucks and I got 20 bucks. (laughs) It was like, you know, 50 pitchers of beer at the bar. I was going to say, how many natty lights is that? Does that train? Oh gosh. 40 natty lights. (laughs) Tell me about it. No kidding. Well, since that was not a a LinkedIn networking story, should we tell the listeners what we are doing together? Oh my gosh, let's do it. Okay. So listeners, Lindsay and I are putting our big, beautiful brains together and we are hosting a one-time only webinar on the five shockingly simple ways to absolutely crush networking on LinkedIn and crush, we're using it because we're doing it on Valentine's Day. So you're going to, you can crush your Valentine and you can crush it on LinkedIn on Valentine's Day. It's a one time only one hour event. But if people have more questions and we go over an hour, I've put an hour and a half in my calendar. Yeah, same. It's going to be on Zoom. It's going to be live. You can ask whatever questions you want. You know, we're going to give you our five best networking strategies. Lindsay, her business is on LinkedIn. I get a ton of business and do a ton of networking on LinkedIn. I will have a link to register in the show notes. It is a whopping $27 to attend this. I mean, it might as well be free. So don't miss it. I don't know where we came up with 27 I mean, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Let's roll. Let's do it. If only it was on February 7th, then that would make sense. That it oh, was two seven. Two seven. Yeah, but we were gonna okay. charge $214. So <laughs> there you go, right? You're welcome. We took the 14 and we cut it in half and we made 27. So $27. And literally, guys, the $27 is literally honestly just to cover like the administrative costs of like putting on an event like this with our team. So I'm super excited to host that webinar. One of the tips is not going to be set up your profile in advance because we've already done that. We've talked about that. We're not wasting tips on that. So I'm super excited that February 14th, noon until whenever, noon to... Well, it's going to be noon to one, but set up noon to 1230 in your calendar because if we have a ton of questions, we'll just keep talking. Let's do it. It's going to be great. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We've given you a heads up. Mark it in your calendar. Yeah. Can't wait. And so this is... Today is February 8th, so it is less than a week away. So do not delay. Sign up today. Oh, little rhyme. (laughs) Hey, feeling good. Love it. Can't wait. All right, Lindsay. So guess what? I am going to see you next week, and I hope our listeners see you next week. And thanks so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. Next week is going to be so fun. Please, please, please register. We can't wait to see see you and hear from you and have a hoot of a time and also give you some great tactics to be amazing and make some more money. Perfect. All right, friends. Isn't Lindsay great? I mean, no wonder she's known by most people as LinkedIn Lindsay. You know, if you're going to harness and put to use the awesome like power of LinkedIn, you have to start at the very beginning. You have to start by making that rock solid profile because it literally sets the siege for all of your interactions on the platform going forward. And because we mentioned it, I'm going to mention again the webinar that Lindsay and I are doing. We both know that LinkedIn is such a powerful tool for building and staying connected to your network. And we really wanted to put together a masterclass on how to get the most out of the platform as a networking tool. 27 bucks. Yeah, don't be fooled by this price tag. This is the kind of presentation that Lindsay and I get paid thousands of dollars to give to companies. We aren't using this webinar as a tool to give you just a little bit of information and then try to upsell you into a coaching package or something like that. No, this is once and done. No upsell, no follow-on program to buy. This is the whole enchilada, all for $27. We wanted it to be accessible to everyone, so that's why we made it so affordable. And Lindsay and I are literally proof of concept. We have never met in person. We follow each other on LinkedIn, and most of our communication is done on that platform. This is how we stay connected and on top of what is happening with each other and our companies and think about how we can help each other going forward. Lindsay and I will meet for the first time in Orlando this summer when we both head to the NSA conference, a conference that I have encouraged her to attend, and I'm going to be her wingwoman in person, and I can't wait. So sign up for the webinar and get all of the tips and tricks and strategies we can fit into this one-time masterclass. There will be a link to the webinar to sign up in the show notes. On to the drink of the week, which Lindsay said just had to be the drink for her episode because it's her all-time favorite, and it's called the Bushwhacker. So the Bushwhacker is a frozen alcoholic drink. I actually don't know if we've ever made a frozen drink on the podcast yet. Anyways, it's a frozen alcoholic drink made with Kahlua rum, cream de cacao, and cream of coconut. It was invented in 1975 in St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands and has since become very popular, especially in Florida and beach resorts. So how did it get its name? Well, The story goes that bartender Angie Conigliaro and restaurant manager Tom Brokamp named it after a guest dog, an Afghan hound named Bushwhack. Here's what you're going to need. Two ounces of aged rum, white or dark. I would say go dark. Two ounces of Kahlua, two ounces of cream de cocoa, white or dark, but they say that they used white. I actually don't think I've ever seen dark cream de cocoa. Oh, actually, you know what I have? All right, so you can do both. But anyways, white or dark cream to cacao. Two ounces of coconut, cream of coconut, not coconut cream. They were very explicit about this. Two ounces of cream of coconut. Two ounces of 2% milk and three cups of ice. What you're going to do is add all ingredients to a blender and blend it until smooth and garnish with shaved chocolate and ground nutmeg. And a cherry is optional. All right, friends. That's all for this week. If you like what you heard today, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. Also, please remember to share the podcast to help it reach a larger audience. If you want more Julie Brown, you can find my book, This Shit Works, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find me on on LinkedIn, of course, Julie Brown BD. Just let me know where you found me. 
when you reach out. And I am Julie Brown underscore BD on the Instagram, or you can just pop on over to my website, juliebrownbd.com. Until next week, cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works.